Hey, everybody. Um, sorry for the technical difficulties that we've been having. Um, thank you guys for uh, bearing with us. I'm just watching um, uh, to see if everything is good and make sure you guys can hear me really well. Um, but again, I'm going to uh, pick up from where uh, I left off at last week, um, titled, In This Will I Remain Confident. Um, the enemy wants to, a lot of times in our life, the enemy job is to come against us, to bring, uh, to, to fight us in our mind. And the enemy wants to tear us down the thoughts that we have about ourselves, the, the things that we may hear people say, um, those things come and it affects us the way we think, the way we, the, and how we feel about ourselves. Um, but, uh, David, um, in Psalms 27 talked about remaining confident. Before I do that, let's go ahead and pray again. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come to you right now thanking you and praising you, God, for this day. We thank you, God, for keeping us. We thank you, God, that in every single thing that we go through and every single thing that we deal with, oh God, that God, you have given us, Lord God, the gift of faith, oh God. And in every single thing, oh God, that we will remain confident in your word. God, we thank you and we give your name the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. First of all, I want to give honor to God to um, our apostle, Apostle Rudy and Pastor Lois Ellis. I want to thank God for them. Thank God for um, the leaders that they have been, um, even in this time, um, the heart that they have for the people of God. I want to thank God for my beautiful wife, Sister Talitha, um, and my awesome children. And most of all, thank God for you um, after Christ. Uh, thank God for being my savior, my personal savior and keeping me, um, you know, sometimes we get out here and, 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 and we're challenged with life. We're challenged with things. And, um, the thing is that we have to remain confident in the word of God. We have to remain confident that God will do exactly what he said he will do. Um, first, let me go to the scripture, um, Psalms 27. I'm going to go back to Psalms 27, verse 1 through uh, 3, where the Bible says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an host may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this will I be confident. Say it with me. In this will I be confident. And every single thing that I'm going through in my life, say it again. In this will I be confident in the word of God. Um, last week, I asked you a question. I said, what is the darkness that you face? What's the, what's the dark things or the thing that you're going through in your life that you've been facing? What is the trouble that you are in? Some of us are in trouble and some of us have been in some dark places and we feel like that trouble and our dark places we've been in that we cannot come out of it. But God is able to heal you. The Bible says that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? What the enemy, first thing that the enemy tries to uh, attack us with is uh, fear. He tries to attack our mindset with fear. And as we learn, we've all learned this um, phrase, fear is false evidence appearing real. I got some proof about what fear is. A lot of times there's a term, and I looked this up, there's a term called psychological warfare uh, or cywar. And what psychological warfare is, it's the basic aspects of modern psychological operations, which has been known by many other names, including psyops, political warfare, hearts and minds, 
and propaganda. This term is used to denote any action which is practiced mainly by psychological methods with the aim of invoking a planned psychological reaction in other people. This is what the enemy does. Various techniques are used. They are aimed at influencing a target audience's value system, their belief system, their emotions, their motives, their reasoning, or behavior. It is used to induce confessions or reinforce, reinforce attitudes and behaviors favorable to the originator's objectives. So the enemy will come against you with a whole lot of things to, to, to change your behavior or to cause you to reason against yourself or to reason against the word of God. Um, <laughs> let me find the scripture real fast. I'm sorry, but let me find the scripture real fast. If you'll bear me, the enemy will use these things to come against you, to tear down your mindset, to tear down the things that God said to you about you. And the enemy wants to destroy the, the enemy wants to stop you from getting to where God has anointed you to be and doing what God has anointed you to do. Um, uh, and then this in Second Corinthians 10 um, it says, and I, I love that I read the scripture all the time because it deals with what the enemy does to you in your mind. It says, I'm gonna start it too. I beg, I beg you that I that when I'm present, that I may be bold in confidence, that with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. But the Bible says in three, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty but mighty in god for the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of god bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your disobedient when your obedience is fulfilled see the enemy wants to come against your mind and this is the thing this is where you have to say to yourself regardless of what the enemy says or regardless of what the enemy does i will not let him come against my knowledge of what god is able to do so he comes against you with these different things. He, 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 he comes against you with these tactics. Sometimes they call them false flag tactics. They, he puts information out there for you to grasp on information for you to change your mindset or how you think. Um, there's a book that's called In Propaganda, The Formation of Men's Attitudes by Jacques Ellul. Discuss, he discusses psychological warfare as a common peace policy practice between nations as a form of indirect aggression and in place of military aggression. This type of propaganda drains the public opinion of an opposing regime by stripping away its power on public opinion. This form of aggression is hard to defend against because no international court of justice is capable of protecting psychological aggression since it cannot be legally educated. The only defense the only defense the Bible talks about, I mean, not the Bible, but this talks, this book talks about the only defense that, 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 that can be fought is the same means of psychological warfare. So there's no guns. There's no, there's no, there's no fight that's happening. But what the enemy is doing is coming against your psyche. He's coming against your mind, the battle in your mind. What you have to do is you have to take control over your mind. 
How do you take control over your mind? You take control over your mind with the word of God. You got to have that same confidence that David had. The Bible talks about when the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, when they came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Please understand that even when, even, even in certain situations where the enemy seeks to devour us, we have to be sober. The Bible talks about in 1 Peter 5 and 8 that we have to be sober. We have to be vigilant because our, our adversary, the devil, seek as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about your mind and being confident in the word of God. It helps you to be sober. It helps you to, to be vigilant and being confident in the word of God because the enemy wants to come and attack you. I gave you a scripture last week, Psalms 23 and 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom uh, The Lord is, I'm sorry, the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparedest the table before me in the presence of my enemy. So right here, right here, the enemy is always going to be around. The enemy always wants to come to knock you off. The enemy always wants to come and come against the word of God that has been spoken of your life. The enemy always is going to be on his job. What you have to do is you have to remain on your job. You have to remain in faith. You have to remain in confidence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Though thou prepares the table before me in the presence of thy of my enemy, thou anointed my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, this is a scripture of confidence. Though when host shall come against me, my heart will not fear. The war shall rise against me. In this will I remain confident. In reading this particular chapter of Psalms, David is very clear about the trials he is facing. But in this, he said, I will remain confident. Now, I gave you guys what it means to remain confident. I just want to go over this stuff and I'm going to jump down to what I want to pick up on from for this week. Again, confidence means having or showing, having or showing assurance and self-reliance. Confidence, a feeling of consciousness of one's power or of reliance on one's circumstances. Confidence is faith or belief that one will act right, proper, or, or in an effective way. Confidence is not based on you having all the resources needed to take care of yourself. Confidence is based upon the truth that God is faithful. Now, this is where I want to be at. Confidence is based upon the truth that God is faithful. Acts 27, Acts 27, 22, and 25, it talks about uh and I'm going to read the scripture for you. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God, whose I am, and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God has given thee all them that sail with thee. <laughs> Whew. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told to me. This is Paul talking. Paul had, and he said, 
Paul was talking, Paul was, was on a ship to go to Rome and, and a storm came in the midst of his journey. And Paul had told them that uh, none of us are going to lose our lives in the midst of us going to where we're supposed to go. But sometimes the winds in our life become contrary to where, where God is trying to take us. And we have to remain, again, confident, they're going to word again, that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. And this will I be confident. How is this? How is Paul saying in this? Will I be confident? He said, for I believe that God, I believe God that it shall be even as it was told to me that I am not going to lose a thing. I may lose. I'm not going to lose my life. I'm not going to lose what people say I should lose. I'm not going to lose it. I'm confident in God. What does it mean to believe in God? So we're talking about believing in God now to believe in God involves adhering to his word. To have confidence in the truth, the existence, or the reliability of him. I'm going to say that again. Believe in God. See, Paul said, I believe God regardless of what's happening around me, regardless of the storm. Yeah, God came to me and told me that I have to get to where he's taking me. And there's nothing that's going to take me out before I get to where God is taking me. Listen, I'm speaking for my life right now. I got to get to where God has taken me. I got to do what God has told me to do. And there's nothing that can happen on this earth in this life that's going to stop me and take me out before I fulfill the promise that God has spoken over my life. I need you to speak that to yourself right now. Nothing's going to take me out before God does what God said he's going to do. I got some promises that I have to live by. I got some things that I have to do. I got some things that I got to walk in. Nothing is going to stop it. I believe. Believe God. Hallelujah. I believe God. Believe in God. One, one, first thing I want to tell you, believe, believe in God involves faith. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtain a good report. report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Listen to that. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made by things which do appear. Without faith, the Bible says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Again, believing God believes one. Believing God involves faith. Next thing, believing God involves obedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. So when you don't believe, when you don't obey God the first time, you've been you've been disobedient. Some of us we are walking in some troubles and going through some things in our life because we've chosen not to follow and obey God. We've chosen not to do what God told us to do. And the troubles and the trials that we're dealing with in our life, I'm just gonna say it: the troubles, the mess that you're dealing with in your life is sometimes is, is uh, sometimes it's based off of you saying, "I'm not gonna do what God." told me to do. Delayed obedience is disobedience. So do exactly what God tells you to do when he tells you to do it. The next thing, the number third thing, you have to trust God. You have to trust God. Even when you can't see what's happening, you have to trust God. God gave me, I, I, I went to the store earlier today and, you know, and I had my navigation on because I was going to, uh, I was looking for a certain location and, um, my navigation told me to turn at a certain place and I 
because I mean, well, the navigation was telling me to keep going, but I saw a street that seemed like it would get me there quicker. So I said, you know what? I don't trust the navigation. I'm going to go the way that I need to go. And if I mess up, the navigation is going to readjust itself. So I went the way I wanted to go and the navigation didn't readjust itself. The navigation kept telling me to turn around and go this way. Navigation, I kept trying to go the way I wanted to go. The navigation kept saying, no, turn around and go this way. And then after a minute, it tried to relocate. It tried to, to, to reconfigure my route. And after a minute, it told me again, turn around and go this certain way. Well, I kept going where I wanted to go because I thought I knew more than the navigation. And what ended up happening is I ended up at a dead end. A lot of times when we're, when we're disobedient to God, we don't trust what God, we don't trust God's voice and we don't trust where God is telling us to go. We're going to end up at a dead end in our life. Hallelujah. We're going to end up at a dead end in our life when we don't listen, trust and obey God's word. So as I turn around and I went the direction that the navigation was telling me to go, actually what it was doing was it was telling me to go straight into the parking lot of the place that I was trying to get to. The, 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 the route that I thought I was taking, I thought it was better than what I was hearing. Y'all get what I'm saying? Sometimes the route that we take in our life, we think that the route is better than what God is telling us to go. But this navigation was taking me straight to where I needed to be. <laughs> God's voice, when God speaks to you, God is telling you where, you go, where you're going. And he's trying to take you straight to where you need to be. Trust God. In the earlier scripture, Paul went up to Jerusalem. I'm going to tell you, give you the background about Paul. In the earlier scripture, Paul went up to Jerusalem to worship. It was there that certain Jews attacked Paul, beat him, and bared false accusations against him. You can find that in Acts 22, 23 to 25. At this point, Paul was in prison and basically ordered to stand trial. Despite Paul's defense, he was held as a prisoner. It was during this time that a great dissension concerning Paul had begun to occur. And it was in the midst of that Paul was delivered from death. God had a plan. And that's 2311. And that's 2311. On the night immediately following, the Lord stood at his side and said, take courage. For you have solemnly witnessed my cause at Jerusalem. So you must go witness at Rome also. Here we find that a promise was being made to Paul. Paul had just went through persecution, but God, basically what God was saying to Paul was don't pay attention to the persecution, but rely on the promise. Some of y'all need to hear this. Don't pay attention to the persecution, but rely on the promise. The next thing that God was telling Paul was don't give heed to the journey because this journey that you're about to go on, Paul, is going to be rough. Some of us, when we were born, we didn't think when we were, when we were coming into being adults, we didn't think that adulthood or, adult, or, or adulting was going to be so hard. But there is still a place that God has for us to go. Even when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we didn't think that we would have had to go through the things that we had to go through. But there is still yet a destination. So what, what he was saying was don't get heed to the journey, Paul, but keep your eye 
on the destination. Sometimes I got to talk to myself, even when I'm going through the hardest times in my life, when I'm dealing with the toughest trials in my life, I got to tell myself, don't worry about this journey that you're on, but God has a set destination for you. And if God said that he would do it, God will do it. Sometimes you got to pat yourself on the back and say, hey, get up, get up, get up. Do what God told you to do. Go where God told you to go. Keep your eyes Focus on where God is trying to take you. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. In the face of disaster, Paul had to make a decision based off the promise he had received from God. <laughs> In the face of disaster, your decision should be based off the promises that you hear from God. The decisions that you make, I'm, <laughs> let me put this iPad down real quick. Let me say this to you. Uh, and the decisions, this, the, the decisions that you make in your life should be based off of where God is taking you and not off, the, not off of the, the disaster that you see right in front of you. <laughs> oh, somebody got that. Let me say it again. You need to write this down. The decisions that you make in your life should be based off of where God is taking you and not where you are right now. It should be based on what God has promised you and not the problems that you see right now. Hallelujah. I hope I'm helping somebody. Hallelujah. It only makes sense for you to make your decisions in life on the foundation of the word of God. In the face of disaster, when all hope is gone, I'm going to say this to you, trust in the promises of God. In the face of disaster, when all hope is gone, trust in the promises of God. Psalms 138 and 2, and I'm almost done. I'm going to let y'all go eat y'all Sunday dinner, a binge watch, whatever y'all want to do, but I'm almost done. Psalms, Psalms 138 and 2 says, I will worship towards thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. Thou hast, for thou hast, not say, for thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. What God, God honors his word above. This is basically saying God will keep his word. God honors his word above his own name. Whatever God says he will do, he's going to do it. There's no variety of condition. No, peculiarly, no, 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 there's no variety of condition that has been overlooked. No character that has been overlooked. God has thought of and provided for every phase of our spiritual life. John 1, 1 through 5 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things, get this, all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. <laughs> uh, and the light shines in the darkness and darkness comprehended the not. The Amplified says the light shines on in the darkness for darkness has never overpowered it. Put it out or observed it or, or absorbed it or appropriated it. It is I'm receptive to it. The word of, listen, listen, 
whatever God says, it says in the, all things were made by him. What everything that's happening right now in this world is evil that we see. Look, God knows everything. There was nothing done that God has not provided for in this earth. I believe that there is a healing coming to this earth quicker than we can see it. Quicker than, look, there's a healing. I'm speaking. There's a healing coming to this earth quicker than you can comprehend it. The word of God, listen, the word of God appeals on its own behalf. I'm, I'm getting excited. I'm bring myself back down. Bring myself. The word of God appeals on its own behalf. The worth and excellency of the promises are enhanced by the evidence, by the evidences that every one of them can be realized. Behind every promise, we have the word and oath of him who cannot lie. So by these promises, we have consolation. Christ has made our surety. Not only, not only of all God's promises, but he ratified it by his own blood. The word, the word, <laughs> the word appeals on its own behalf. God, when God speak it, God does what needs to happen for that word to come to pass. There again, whatever God told you to do, um, <laughs> whatever God told you to do, whatever God spoke to you, God is not going to put you out there and leave you out there alone without providing a way for it to be made, without providing a way of escape, without providing, God will provide every single thing for every single thing he promised. I think our issue is, I think our issue is when we hear God say something, we try to make it happen on our own. And when we see that it ain't happening, then we want to give up. But God will provide for every single thing that he said. Every single, if God told you to start your business, God already has the provision. You have to go to the person that gave you the promise to start what he's told you to do. God's word, God's word ratifies itself. Let me go back. God, let me go back. Behind every promise, we have the word and the oath of him that cannot lie. I hope y'all heard that. I hope y'all got that behind every promise. We have the word and the oath of him that cannot lie. So by these promises, we might have consolation. Christ is made our surety, not only of all God's promises, but which he ratified by his own blood. The word of God ratifies itself. Genesis 1 and 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form, and it was void. And the darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God said, Let, and, 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 and three, and said, three says, And God saith, Let light be. And light is. When God speaks, what he speaks comes into existence the very moment he speaks it. He affirms his word with himself. God is the authority. God clarifies his word with himself. How do we know this? God seals his own word. He cannot and will not lie to himself. God sent his word, Jesus, to confirm his word. God sent his word, Jesus, to affirm his word. God sent his word, Jesus, to fulfill his word. The promises of God's word was fulfilled through Jesus. Jesus, who is God's word. God, God, never before this time and never after it. He is a very present help in the time of trouble. 
Psalms 41, 46 and 1 says, in the beginning was the word. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. Again, the promises of God's word was fulfilled through Jesus, who is God's word. And the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. I'm going back to John 1. And the same was in the beginning. All things were made by him. Without him, there was not anything made. In him was life, and this life was the light of men. And light shineth in the darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. Isaiah 55, I want you to write this down. Isaiah 55, 8 through 11, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but water the earth and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. This is that I'm trying to help you get that confidence in what God is saying. God said, my word shall not return unto me void. It shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. It shall prosper into the thing whereto I sent it. <laughs> and in the Young's Little Translation, it says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways. This is an affirmation of Jehovah. For high have the heavens been above the earth. So high have been my ways above your ways and my thoughts above your thoughts. For as, for as come down dew of the shower and the snow from the heavens and thither return not, but have watered the earth and have caused it to yield and to spring up and have given seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So let me tell you something. The young little, little translation, it breaks it down to present tense. So God, what God, what, 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 the, what the young's little translation Bible is doing is giving you in present tense. Everything that's happening right now is the word of God being fulfilled. Everything that's happening in your life is the word of God being fulfilled. It may not feel good, but God is getting you to a point. God is getting you to a point where his promises are going to be fulfilled in your life. Jeremiah 1 and 12 says, Then the Lord said to me, Thou hast well seen, for I hasten my word to perform it. God will hasten his word to perform it. Colossians, I'm going to give you the scriptures and I'm going to be done. I know you got to go. Colossians 1, 16 through 17. It says, For by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him and before, and he is before all things and by him, all things consist. All things consist by him. All things consist. I want you to talk to yourself right now in this place where, 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 where you've been dealing with some doubt and you've been wondering how, how was certain things going to happen when I know God told me this. Listen, the Bible says, for by him, all things consist. If God said it, it's going to happen. And let's go back to David again, where David said, I will remain confident. I will remain confident. I'm trying to help you build your confidence in God. All God's promises concerning his own are dated in heaven, and with our and with our finite knowledge, we cannot read the time when they may be fulfilled. <laughs> we cannot read the time when every single thing that God's promise will be fulfilled. 
The fact that God has dated his promise according to his sovereign will and his infinite knowledge of what is best, of what is best, that does not least diminish their value. So because you got to wait for something don't mean that the value of it is being diminished. I hope somebody getting this. Nor it, 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 it does not render, it, it does not take the value away from it. Whatever God said, it's going to be great when you get it. When God called David to be the king, David was David was a young man working, tending to his father's sheep. But David had to go through some things. He had to grow through some battles. He had to, <laughs> I said that he had to grow through some battles. He had to grow through some 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 hurts. He had to grow through some pains. He had to grow through people being. He had to grow through people talking about him and people letting him down. But in in the end, from the time that he was promised to be king, God still led him up to the place where he was going to be king, and David became king. Yeah, years was years happened in between the prophecy and the promise. Some of y'all are living in the process between the prophecy and the promise. You have to continue to go through the process. The prophecy, there comes after the prophecy, there comes the process. And after the process comes the promise. God is talking to me right now, y'all, because I have some questions. You know, I'm going to say this again for you. There's the prophecy. There's God's word that's being spoken. And there's the process. There's the trial period. There's the things that you have to go through. And after the process comes the promise. Um, let's, let, let me break it down to you again. And, and, and Acts, and Acts, when I just read from Acts, God spoke to Paul and said, Paul, you must needs to go to, you must needs to go to Rome. You have to go to Rome, Paul. Don't worry about what's going to happen in between. So he got the word. There came a journey and there came some winds that was contrary to where they were going. But Paul, God, I already spoke to Paul and told Paul that he was going to Rome. So regardless of what happened in between of what was spoken and what is going to come, there's going to be some stuff that's going to happen, but it does not negate, it does not take away from where God said you're going. It does not take away from what God said you're going to do. <laughs> don't take away from it. Come on, tap yourself on the shoulder and say, don't take away from it. I may be dealing with some stuff, but it don't take away from what God said. It don't take away from where God is taking me to. Yeah, I'm going through some contrary things, contrary to what I believe is supposed to happen, but I'm still going to where God is telling me to go. Let me say, let me change this. I'm still growing to where God is telling me to go. I'm still growing to where God is taking me. Hallelujah. I'm still growing to where God is taking me. Let me finish this up and, and I'm going to let y'all go. God's promises concerning his own are dated in heaven. And with our finite knowledge, we cannot read the time when they, when many of them will be fulfilled. The fact that God has dated his promises according to his sovereign will and his infinite knowledge of what is best does not least diminish their value nor render their final accomplishments less certain. When some of these promises are to be realized, they may be unknown to us, but God never fails. God never changes his mind. God never forgets, and he can never die. Abraham, he had the promise of a son, but long, wearisome years dragged on by was, was dragged on by before Isaac was born. David was God's anointed king, but he was a poor fugitive, dwelling in caves and hunted like dinner in the lion's domain before the throne of Israel became his. Paul 
was divinely assured that not one of those who sailed with him on a stormy Mediterranean sea would be lost. But the vessel, God told him that the vessel, but the vessel was wrecked and some swam ashore and some and the rest had to come ashore on boards. Some and some on broken pieces of the ship in the midst of the dark and all, but all of them escaped to land. You have got to live to see the promise of God. I want to tell you, you have to remain confident in God. You may have to float through. You may have to float by on a broken piece of the ship that you was on, but you're going to make it to the promise. <laughs> I know some of y'all say, man, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. You may have to go through. You, you, you may have to go through with pieces, but God is going to bring it all back together. God's going to bring it all back together for you. You have to remain confident in the word of God. God is not going to leave you. God is not going to God is not going to forsake you. Even in this time of our surety, even in this time that we're going through, God is here. God is telling me to let you know that he's not leaving you. And what he told you, and I'm, I'm closing this thing out. Now I got something else for y'all next week. But what God told you, God wants you to remain faithful to what God said. Remain faithful to the word of God. Live your life. Live a life of holiness. Live a life of obedience. Live a life that's upright. And 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 of this upright before God, live a life that people will want to live. If they, the people will want to live. Live a life that 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 will bring, that will cause people to come to Christ. The Bible says that if I be lifted up, then I will draw all men to, unto me. Listen, it's your job to lift up Jesus. It's our job to lift up Christ, even in the midst of this pandemic, even in the midst of what we're going through. It's our job to lift up Christ. Stop worrying about, stop lifting up your problems. Stop lifting up the stuff that you got to go through and lift up Christ. In this, you have to remain confident. In this time that we're living in, you have to remain confident. You have to remain confident in the word of God that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. And I've been talking about faith for the last few weeks. God got me another, God gave me another message for next week. And it's going to deal with faith, but it's going to deal with some other things. But today, I want to encourage you. Today, I want to encourage you to don't, don't fret. I want to encourage you not to fret. I want to encourage you to remain, to remain steadfast in the word of God. Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen next week. But what I do know is that God promised me some stuff. <laughs> what I do know is that God spoke to me about some things in my life that I got to see before I depart this earth. That's what I do know. I don't know what's going to happen. I may, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what route God is going to take me on to get me there. But I know that there's a journey that God has me on to get me to my destination. So I just want to encourage you all today. Don't fret. Hold your head up. Hold your head up. You got to remain confident in this. Yeah, we may have lost some people. We may have lost some people in our life. But keep remain confident. God is able. God knows what he's doing. What am I trying to say in all this? And what did David tell us? David, he wasn't always happy. He always had, he, he went through a lot of things. But at the end of the day, he said, I will remain confident in the word of God. Yeah, people may come against me, but I, at the end of all that, I will remain confident in the word of God. I want to thank you guys for joining us. I hope you guys got the lesson today. Um, you know, again, there's a time that we're going to come back together. But I just want you 
in this place where the enemy wants to attack your faith. I want you to let the enemy know that God is still God and I'm still going to serve him regardless of what you try to bring against me and my family. I'm still going to serve and honor God with my life, even though I may not show up to church, even I may not be able to go to church right now in my life. I'm still going to prove who God is. I want you all to trust God today. Trust God for your tomorrow. Trust God for your promises that, you know, even in the midst of all this, even in the midst of this famine that, that we are going through and the famine that we are about to go through, that God will provide for his own, that God will provide for those who belong to him. I want you to encourage yourself that God is still providing. God is still opening up doors, even in the midst of this moment. So I thank you guys for joining us. I thank you guys for, for, for listening, for giving, you know, a young man like myself, uh, time to speak to you. I just want to encourage you. My heart is to encourage. You. My heart is to, you know, the Bible talks about God being the lifter of our heads. Allow God to lift your head up. Allow God to lift your head up. Again, I want to get this to you one, one more time. There's a prophecy. And then between the prophecy, there's a process. You have to go through the process. You cannot go from prophecy to promise. Uh, I know, I know you got preachers out here, you know, that someone was on Facebook today telling you that, you know, you can jump. No, God wants you to learn some things before you get to the promise. God wants you to, to, to know how to deal with some things before you get to the promise. There's a process. Yeah. And after that, there's a process. And in that process, there's some suffering. Yeah. To, to suffer, to reign with Christ, we got to suffer sometimes. And suffering is a part of our Christian living. Some of us don't want to hear that. But we have to suffer. We have to go through some things. But again, there's a prophecy. There's a process. And then there's a promise. So believe God that God is going to bring you through the process and you're going to see the promise in your life. I want to encourage you. You are going to see the promise in your life. So God bless you. And I thank God for you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you and I praise you, God, for each and every personal God that joined in on this broadcast. I pray and I ask God that you touch their lives. The God in the name of Jesus, oh God, that you, Lord God, help them to see what you're doing in their life, oh God. Even in the places, oh God, where we have some misunderstandings, oh God, where things happen, oh God, that, that, that we didn't expect to happen. But God, we know that you're going, that you are our protector, that you are the lift of our heads, that you are our keeper. And God, I ask that you keep us, oh God, in this season. Keep after Christ in the name of Jesus. Let your blood cover. Let your blood cover everybody that's listening, every family that's represented, oh God, that's listening. God, let your blood cover in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you and we give you the honor and the praise. Before I go, before I go, I'm sorry, before I go, I just want to, if there's anybody out there who uh, wants to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I want you to repeat after me. Father God, I ask that you come into my life. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. God, I, I need you right now. I need you in my life. I repent for my sins. I repent for my sins. I believe that you are God and that you were raised from the dead, that you are the savior of this world. And I ask that you save me. I confess you and I, I confess to you and I confess to those around me that you are my Lord and that you are my Savior. And I ask that you come into my life. If you pray that prayer, I want to thank God for you. You have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You are a part of the beloved. You are a part of the kingdom now. Listen, find you somewhere to go. 
Look, if you want to come after Christ, we will be opening. Uh, we will be giving you a date on when we open in. Our address is our 3331 Finkel Avenue, Detroit, Michigan. And if you're not in Detroit, if you're not in Michigan, find you a Bible-believing church. Listen, find your Bible. Don't, don't go. Find your Bible-believing church, all right? And uh, we thank God for each and, every, each and every one of you. God bless you, and I will see you guys next week. Good night.